My name is Daniel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts of The Disciples Mike, a podcast produced by Woodbury Lutheran Church in Woodbury, Minnesota. And this show is all about learning what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. And on this episode, we are talking with Lindsay Schmidt, Director of Youth Ministry at Woodbury Lutheran Church. We're going to hear how God called her into pursuing a job in youth ministry, how youth ministry has changed from when she first began to now, how the church can help our youth know truth over all the other noise in our culture, and how parents can further equip their kids in their walk as disciples of Jesus. So sit back, get ready. This is The Disciples, Mike. Well, good afternoon, guys. Hello. Hey, it is afternoon. I know. It's afternoon, and I feel like this is going to tailor better to you, Sarah, because <laughs> we've always recorded in the mornings, and I'm a morning person. I yeah. am as about as opposite of a morning person as one can be. Right, and we are sitting at about 1.15 p.m., which is arguably my worst time of the and day. And it's my best time. No way. Nighttime's way better. Okay, fine. Lindsay has known me for a lot of years. Nighttime is when mm-hmm. I when I come alive, which is what works really well when Patrick and I lead trips together because Patrick comes alive in the morning. And so he he takes all the, the birds are awake then. That's when all the birds are awake. And so mm-hmm. he takes all the energy and then I pick it up at night. Yeah. I also I will say afternoon the good thing about the room we're recording in is that there's no windows, so you can't actually tell that it's the afternoon. We could all pretend that it is the be- our best time of day. We That's could. true. So it's That's morning true. time for Daniel. Okay. It's like 11 p.m. for Sarah, and I don't know what time it is for me, but 2 to 4 is a, is a rough time of day. It is a rough time. See, the problem I have is, is we record our online services right in that 2 to 4 window, so yeah. when I have to preach during then... I'm like, okay, Daniel, wake up, wake up. Here we go, here we go. I gotta like do some, I'm doing like jumping jacks backstage before I backstage. go on. Backstage, yes. As in the hallway outside. As in the, the hallway outside the, the church. Yeah. Yes, sounds more professional, backstage. <laughs> well, we have uh, Lindsay Schmidt with us here today, uh, which is really exciting. I feel like I've got the uh, dynamic duo of youth ministry right here. Well, we're uh, a quad, there's four of us. We're 50%, 50% of the dynamic quad quad <laughs> the dynamic quad <laughs> i was gonna say quadrant but that's something else that's, right that's something else and before we get started uh well first i want to mention that we are this podcast is officially official now it but it's live it's live but also we got our first not five star rating uh-oh. on apple podcast uh-oh and or is that exciting no no this it means you've made they always they always say that once you have haters that's when you've made it. You know? I don't know that a sub five means hater. <laughs> Anything Apparently, below five is hater. I feel like you're like <laughs> leaning into your perfectionistic tendencies. Maybe slightly. Um, and What's your Enneagram number, Daniel? Uh, I'm actually a three. Same. But, uh, but Lindsay's a nine. Or a six or a one. Which is like, just whatever you That's whatever like a nine. Like. I'm still a, working on it, y'all. Okay. I'm working on it. <laughs> But a shameless plug, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, uh, leave a review. Unless it's not a five-star, then, you know. Still leave the review. Then still leave the review. We like still honesty. Opportunities to get better. Opportunities to grow. Yes. Tell us what we're <laughs> not doing a good job at. I guess I'll take it. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, Sarah, uh, we want to begin uh, with the most important part of every podcast, which is your opening yes. random question. I have put a lot of thought into this this week, and it is tailored to Miss Mrs. Lindsay Schmidt. Oh, man. It is, because Lindsay and I have been friends for 
like f- a lot of years. Since you were in middle school. Since I was 15 to 17 years, oh, I, I guess. think. High school. Ish. So we've been friends for a really long time. Um, we have gone on a lot of adventures over the years. We've done road trips. We've watched a lot of movies together. Um, and one thing that I know about Lindsay is that she loves herself a good Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do appreciate a Hallmark movie. So my question for today is if you could have... So, okay, sorry. Daniel, do you know what a Hallmark movie is? <laughs> I do know what a Hallmark movie okay, is. Okay, cool. You you didn't know who the doors were. I didn't. Last week. So. Well, I know what doors are. I just don't know. <laughs> who the, the doors. doors. And, and it's not the who. It's the doors. Do you know who the who is? I've heard of the who. Okay, great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, so a Hallmark movie is, is a movie that is played on Hallmark Channel uh, all year round. Mm-hmm. But, but Christmas is when... It really comes alive. And and so, Lindsay, my question for you, if you could have a Hallmark movie based on your life set anywhere, hmm. where would you where would you set? Because you've got the the small, small town Christmas time. Yep. Um, you've got the the mountain village. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, the ski lodge. Right. But like in your in, if you were designing a Hallmark movie for your life, where would it be set? So do we want it to be authentically like part of my life? Like it should represent something about me or just an idyllic setting? I'm going to say something that, that captures you. The first thing you said. Ah, okay. Hmm. Daniel, you're also answering this question. Oh no. Oh, you have such good options, Daniel. You have good options. I feel like St. Paul would be the setting. Okay. If I was going to like claim uh, the point to like celebrate in my life to show off the awesomeness of it. And what's really great, I think about the whole St. Paul vibe, is it can feel neighborhoodish. Sure. So it doesn't have to feel big city. It's not yep. always urban. Um, and also has access to so many cool, wonderful things. But I think if I was going to do it, I would not choose Christmas. I wouldn't no. do a Christmas Hallmark movie. Easter? I would do a summer Ooh. in St. Paul. Somewhere With like the Saint lilacs Paul. blooming. I'm thinking June. People wow. going out to the lake, heading to the river. This is when I'm, I think that would be the ideal setting for a Lindsay, story of Lindsay Schmidt Hallmark movie. Plot twist. I think I have a title for you. Whoa. That's not a plot twist. That's actually like helping the plot. Helping the plot. Love in Lower Town. Mm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I like it. Lindsay loves it. She just doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> I didn't spend a lot of time in Lower Town, so I'm not... Yeah, it'd probably be more something like something along Grand Avenue. Yeah, or along the river. I'll think about She's it. She's working on it. Okay, Daniel. So it's to me now. Yeah. Well, I feel like every Hallmark movie that has struck my heart, it's, you know, Christmas, snowy. Oh, yeah. From Colorado, I love the mountains. So just like cabin in the mountains, love story, super cheesy. That's what it would be. What would be the primary activity that you would y'all would all be doing in your like what would be your thing? Well, being from Colorado, I feel like I should say skiing or snowboarding, but uh this is one of the more uh surprising facts about me. I've lived in Colorado my whole life and never been skiing or snowboarding. So that could hmm. be like one of the cute, That could be like the, the meat first. things. That could oh. be the meat. You could cute. be on the bunny hill. Oh, right. that could just happen. Rolling down, yep. falling. <laughs> All the kids laughing at you. All the kids yeah. laughing. At you. I don't think I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what would you do if you if it wasn't skiing? What would your like? Mm, that's a good question. Probably just sit in the cabin and play board games. 
I was thinking you could go there. <laughs> I think you could be like a board game like store owner uh. in a small town because it's like co- totally like a kitschy thing it to really be is. in a small town. Like the game store, yeah. the like toy store for little kids, yeah. the chocolate it's shop like the next fun door. place that the kids, yeah, like right. a yeah. total tourist thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You could create like a whole life scavenger hunt version of some of one of your favorite games that like all the characters play with you. Oh my gosh. This sounds amazing. Yeah. Lindsay and I are going to write your Hallmark movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want that before the end of my vacation. Great. We'll pitch it to Hallmark. Yes. It'll be good. Well, I I decided that at my cabin, that's where, that's where I would like my Hallmark movie. There's a couple of towns up there, uh, but I'm going to go with Detroit Lakes because that's like pretty, that's small town. Yeah. Ish. And uh, my meet cute would happen at Zorba's. Oh, which uh, your, your what? My my meet cute. So it's like when you meet someone in like a, a quirky kind of way. It's like there could be chemistry there because wow. like you get in a car Hallmark accident movies, and the always... other car, the guy's like cute, and that's like your meet cute. The car accident is a cute way of meeting someone. <laughs> I mean, no one gets in real movies. Yeah, Hallmark movies, nothing really bad happens. Okay, so you yeah. know you're gonna be okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Zorbus, it's a it's a pizza place in wow. Minnesota okay. that exists on lakes, and their thing is that everything that would have an S has a Z. So like pasta is pasta, uh, salad is salad, <laughs> pizza is pizza. Pizza. <laughs> it's real good though. Wow. So there you go. The things I need to learn about uh, Minnesota. It's Zorbas is it? That's a it's quintessential cabin pizza eatery right well getting started here <laughs> we're gonna feel like we're already started things that are we'll see you next week guys. almost as important as <laughs> what hallmark movie uh do you want for your life i'm still proud of that question that is i did like that question yeah. uh so Lindsay, we're here uh happy to have you here because i think uh you've got an awesome uh experience uh in youth ministry and we would just love to hear more about you and let other people get to know you and kind of what led you to where you're at today. So to start off, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe where you grew up, kind of real short summary of kind of your life path that brought you to WLC. Yeah, I'm long-winded, so you might need to give me like a countdown. Like, Lindsay, stop talking okay, you got in 10 five, seconds. four, three. I'll just, I'll just do this <laughs> when we need to wrap it up. Yeah, so I, my name's Lindsay. I'm married to Tad, and I have lived here in the Twin Cities since 1999 when I started at Concordia St. Paul. And this is my first call to Woodbury Lutheran, and that was in 2005. So I'm in my whatever year that is, 16th year, right? 16th or 17th. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so before that, I grew up, uh, my dad worked for IBM, so we moved quite a bit. And I was born in Iowa, and then we lived in a few different states. Most of my life was spent in Texas, so I dropped mm. the y'all pretty regularly. It's a useful term. Uh, I also say a and you betcha because I adopted those when I got up here. Sure, yeah. um, they're useful, right? So let's use them. And yeah, so my mom would joke at times uh, that we moved from Arkansas to Dallas. That one of the reasons why. My dad's job changed and all these things that she thinks God was creating the opportunity uh, for me to learn that DCE was an option. <laughs> so um, I went to school to be a DCE, Director of Christian Education. And before that, all of our Lutheran churches that we had gone to didn't have a DCE on staff. So uh, part of the 
like one of the perks of this move that I was adamantly opposed to. Like I've, I pulled full on middle schooler, you can't make me move <laughs> realities on my parents. Like yeah. they, saints for dealing with um, seventh grade Lindsay because I did not want to <laughs> move to Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, but my mom, looking back, says, we had to make that move or you would never have known this was a job that you could do in mm. the future. That's awesome. Yeah. And so and so you come to WLC and you said you've been here, we said 17, oh, coming up on 17 years now. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. And you and Joel arrived. You and Joel Simank are... Director of Ministries. Within the same week. We both started the same week. I thought it was a couple of months apart, but it was the same week. Yeah. So the week of July 11th, 2005. And our first like time we met was on like at a youth event um, that was called Sunshine. And it was out in Wilmer, Minnesota. And yeah, the rest is history. You'll have to ask him. He'll tell you when he comes on the podcast. Has Mm -hmm. he already been on? Next week. Okay. So ask him about... So when you met Lindsay, there's a phrase you said to a young person when they said, what have you guys been doing on the drive back? And let him tell you, because I still carry it with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's what we're going to have to ask. I'm creating a cliffhanger for, yeah. so people come tune back. In, You're gonna, tune in next yep, time. Tune in next week to see what Joel Simink says. Yeah. Um, so all, all ministry jobs, we know because we're in this, but for those listening, um, it requires a calling. Like it's not a go apply and, and things like that. Um, but when it comes to youth ministry, I have heard this a lot, that it feels like it requires a special kind of person to mm-hmm. to want to, to dive into this very chaotic, great, hard season of, of a young person's life. Um, so why did you decide to land in youth ministry? Yeah. So... I will get to that to respond to what you just said. I think um, more and more as I've gotten older, I'm growing to understand. I think in lots of ways, God calls us to lots of jobs. Like Mm -hmm. I think of a couple of my friends that are working as teachers currently and like that sense of calling to stay in schools, even when it's really hard and exhausting at times. Like, like I'm in awe of how God moves in so many different ways in so many different careers. Um, But yes, for me, definitely, Uh, When I was a tiny human, like four or five, six, somewhere in there, uh, I, the story goes that I said I wanted to be a pastor someday. Like that was part of the, like (laughs) me one day, just like, what do I want to do? I want to be a pastor. Um, I appreciated church. My parents were faithful. Every time we moved, they would find a great faith community for us to become a part of. They were invested in serving. Uh, It was, it was never a question on a Sunday morning where we would be. Like if we were on vacation, even sometimes my parents would be like using the phone book because we didn't have Google, (laughs) find the phone book, look up the churches and churches would put their times in the phone book. So you knew when to go to their church, which is like amazing, right? We should try that. (laughs) Candy. (laughs) If you're listening, (laughs) get on that. Uh, Yeah. So my, that was just a rhythm for us. My mom uh, regularly served in lots of places. My dad taught Sunday school classes. He was always like an elder, usher, all these pieces. My mom would help. Um, when there was a call out to do a special project, she was on top of that. Um, so all of these things set up, set the stage kind of for me as a young person that I knew uh, that part of just what you did at church was you served, you contributed, you were part of it. And so when we moved to Dallas, um, 
I was a part of a youth group. I had a DCE. His name was John Welty. And he was um, really good at creating an environment where if you had an idea, you could contribute it. And he opened up, gave me lots of opportunities to try different things. I was the type of kid that uh, was super critical of the things I didn't think were the way they should be. Mm. Some people might call that bossy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I had lots of opinions about what I thought should be. And instead of just shutting that down or getting defensive or, um, I don't know, pushing me away, John's response to that was, well, it seems that you have lots of ideas. Uh, I'm sure in his head he's like, it sounds like you know how to do it better. Why don't you just do it? And so his way of turning it around was just like, hey, Lindsay, it sounds like like you're really feeling led to do something. Why don't you just do it? So wow. by the time I was in high school, I was leading the middle school ministry. Jeez. Mm. So like wow. I had a key. Yeah. I had access to, like I had a program. I was finding adults to be there because we needed someone who could drive people to the hospital if necessary, right? Like, um, so I was a high school student coordinating middle school opportunities. Wow. Yeah, so he really opened, um, I think young version of me would have been like, I just had to do it my way, my way was better. <laughs> but he had a, a, a softness, a, a wisdom to say, you know what, I'm gonna create space for this young girl who has lots of leadership inside of her and give her a chance to let it, let it go. That's so cool that, because I think, you know, maybe for a lot of us, when you have a youth that seems like they know everything, the typical response that I would imagine I would have is to just, oh, come on, like, you know, almost shut them down a little bit. Yeah. But he like did the exact opposite and enabled you Mm -hmm. and, and, and to see how much that, you know, has impacted your own growth and journey to this day is... Right. I would go into his office and pull ministry books off the shelf. And I was like highlighting them, pulling out ideas. I coordinated a <laughs> high school student, middle school student mentoring program my junior and senior year where every high school girl was connected to a middle school girl and, and had this like great opportunity, which is when I fell in love with working with middle school students. Um, so when I went to Concordia, that like the weird thing about going to school, you're in school to do ministry, but you don't have a car. You can't get to a, places to do ministry so that first couple of years were a little hard for me. There wasn't a place other than in the summertime to really just dig in and really create something, experiences for young people. Um, yeah, and then every summer I'd come back and they'd go, yeah, go for it, Lindsay. Like, here's what we need you to do. Like, here's what's available. Here's how we book rooms now. And I would <laughs> go for it. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And so you obviously know doing youth ministry for a long time now, even longer than I realized, you know, ever since you were in high school, that there's so many aspects to youth ministry, um, so many parts that that make it up. But I'm curious for you personally, what part of youth ministry brings you the most joy? Connections. Um, seeing people connect the dots. So both like relational connections and uh, kind of getting it connection. Mm. Um, So I think one of the coolest parts of my job that has stayed the same from when I started in 2005 or even before that to now is that I get to see and meet people and learn their giftedness and kind of catch on to that and then go, okay, God, where do they fit? And then try to create environments where 
they're going to be successful, where the people that are around them are going to be blessed, where they're going to be blessed by the people around them, and then watch what like happens. And so I love, I love that. Um, there's seasons when it can be exhausting trying to help create those connections because <laughs> it's overwhelming or it happens all at the same time. Or there's just, this isn't quite landing the way I want it to land. Mm-hmm. Uh, like small groups that don't quite gel the way I want them to gel initially. Um, or we're just missing a few key personalities or abilities to make that group really successful. Um, and then that, that connection, those small group dynamics are putting a, a leader with the right gifts in the right place. Um, often leads to the opportunity to sort of watch God uh, produce fruit there, produce growth in those places. That's when you get to be like, oh, like, I don't know that we knew three years ago that this group would be like this, Um, but God's Mm -hmm. done something amazing in this group over the last three years. Yeah, Like we saw these things when we put them in a group together initially, and then now it's grown into, they're showing up, you know, for each other in really powerful ways. Yeah, and I would imagine, I mean, both of you being in youth ministry, that that would be a really interesting part compared to, you know, walking with adults in their in their uh, faith walk, is there's so much change happening uh, during that life, um, just season of life they're in from, you know, I think of just even going from like a fifth grader to an eighth grader is just a whole new world. Mm-hmm. And... And the, and just the way they're thinking about their faith is is so different. But you get to kind of see all of this growth uh, that's happening and all this change that's happening in them. That's got to be a cool thing to look at and kind of witness what God's doing in them. Mm-hmm. It is uh, awesome and also heart wrenching at times. <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> yes. at Sarah's face. She's in agreement. Yes, very much um, so. Because sometimes a sixth grader comes in like fired up, getting it on board, excited. And then all of a sudden the world opens up before them and it Mm. becomes terrifying or their friend group at school changes because of, I didn't make the same team as everybody else, or I didn't, I'm not interested in being in the play, but all my friends are in the play or they, my teachers, like they gave me a different lunch than all my friends, whatever the thing is, circumstances happen. And a young person can go from being completely in faith-wise, like not questioning it, being fired up to being the opposite by eighth grade, um, being in a place of like, I'm going to ask every single question that's going to feel sharp as a sword every time I open my mouth yeah. or my mom and dad are making me come and a small group leader looking at them going, where did you go? <laughs> like what happened here? Uh, or dynamics in a group can happen just because as we grow at different rates, like in our maturity, in our ability to be like awareness of ourselves and our interests, all these things, um, everyone grows differently. So a group that starts in sixth grade definitely does all the, I don't know what the right, uh, I don't remember who coined all these things, but like the norming, storming, forming, all of those, Mm -hmm. uh, that every group goes through that. And sometimes like multiple cycles, sometimes it's by month they're going through that or by year or by every year. Um, I think it's beautiful. Uh, We try really hard to set up our small groups where the leader stays with them for as long as they can. And so we we want to connect a group with a leader in sixth grade. And we're hoping for, praying for, wanting that that leader to walk alongside those young people until they graduate and beyond. 
um, just because we've seen beautiful fruit from that. Mm. Um, and so I love hearing high school leaders talk to us, current middle school leaders and go, hold on, you're going to make it. It's okay. <laughs> We're going to make it, you know, because um, they can say, I can see some amazing things in my group that wouldn't be what they are now if we didn't go through some of those like complicated seasons when they were in middle school, um, that that's when the middle, when the small group member learned there's not much I can do that's going to push my leader away. Mm. Like I can be as prickly. I can be as grumpy. I can be as annoying. I can be as fidgety <laughs> as I can pull out. And that, that is not going to be, it's not going to make my leader leave. That's huge. Right. And I think that in, in turn for the kid that sticks it out also, because sometimes the kid is the one who leaves, right? That when the kid sticks it out, then I think it helps because we know you're going to go through seasons of questioning. We know you're going to have hard things that happen that make you go, huh, God, what, what is going on right now? And a leader that has proven themselves over the years is the type of leader that has the, the platform or the opportunity to speak God's not he hasn't left you in this hard place like he's still with you um, because like just like we've done this together like there's nothing that can push push God away from you yeah and I think it's cool too to see the leaders like we as staff we get a different viewpoint than like our small group leaders like we kind of see the the bigger picture of it all and I think it's really cool to see the small group leaders who um We'll, we'll see a kid, a, a small group through like senior year or something like that and then make the decision to go back and start all over again. We love those. We, like I adore hey, them. if anyone's listening who used to be a leader that would like to come back and start, <laughs> I got a really amazing group of fifth graders that are about to be sixth graders, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's so cool to see. And like we, one of our small group leaders at Oak Hill Every year when I ask her to come back, she always replies with, um, like, I'm going to keep saying yes, and you're just going to have to tell me that I'm too old to keep coming no back. No such thing. No and such thing. There's no, like, no. 80-year-old leaders are my favorite. Because they have such They're a, all my favorite. 80, they're just amazing. They have such a different perspective, and I, it's adorable. Like, I, I just, I, I love everything about it. And so that's cool for us, too, to see the leaders that stick it out and then start all over again and, and keep, mm. keep going. Like, yeah, we have a lot of small group leaders who were small group leaders when I was growing up and now they're with a new batch of boys that need extra love. And <laughs> it's, it's really cool to see. Uh, so speaking of, of a lot of years of being in ministry, um, over this period of time that you have been in youth ministry, Lindsay, what have you, like, what shifts have you noticed in terms of how you reach youth today versus when you first started when I was, like, 15 or something? All right. Uh, y'all sent me these questions ahead of time, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is a hard question. <laughs> I have to remember 2005. <laughs> um, you helped me with math. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So things that popped into my head were I – and I've said this a few times, I think the pace of life for a student and for families in 2005 was drastically different than it is now. We were busy, people were in motion doing stuff, but I think the expectations of all this stuff was just a little bit different. It was dialed back in some ways. Um, it was not normal for there to be 
6 a.m. hockey practice or 9.30 p.m. sixth grade boy hockey practice. Like that wasn't normal in 2000. You did it sometimes, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't normal. Um, Other things like MySpace was our primary social media platform that was available to all of humanity. Daniel, did you even have, do you know what MySpace is? I know what MySpace is. Did you have one? I did not have one though. You would probably Oh, it was so cool. You had to pick a song and you could put it on and like that kind of represented you and you could change it multiple times a day or... Man, social media has regressed. I would have simple plan, play. Like you would go through seasons depending on what your emo level was. Or Jonas Brothers. Or Jonas Brothers. Mm -hmm. Or High School Musical. High School Musical. It went between High School Musical, Jonas Brothers, and Simple Plan were my, and Reliant K. Those were my big four. Yeah. It was. Nice. It's pretty simpler fun. times. You picked your top eight friends and everyone saw who your best friend. It, wow. was, it was glorious. There's like layers of drama that you didn't even know you <laughs> yeah. could create that were part of MySpace. Yeah. But like Facebook was still only college students in, in 2005. Yeah. Like I got, I think I started on Facebook at six or seven. And we can think about how much Facebook has changed our like way that we connect with kids and how we engage. But on MySpace, I remember thinking, man, I like I had AIM. Right? Little Dibs ninety six was my uh-huh, screen like name. Screen, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I had like instant messenger that we could instant message some people, but like still most families that wasn't a thing that kids had. Um, so if I needed to get a hold of a, if I wanted to be like, hey, come to this event, I called their home landline, mm-hmm. left a message for them because still even then no one answered the phone, and. But you talk to a parent first before you talk to a kid. That was the norm. And I remember that changing over those few years and and how that, like, we had to figure out, like, what's okay, what's not okay. How do we get permission to, like, connect with kids to say, hey, are you coming on Wednesday? Like, we missed you. We're writing handwritten cards and notes to people because, again, you're going through a landline at your someone's house is the only strategy to get to them. Um, where now... Uh, oh, and this was something I did not remember until I started thinking about it, was Justin Gearing was in charge of the webpage mm-hmm. um, in, like, as he was graduating high school even, I think he was still helping with the webpage. But we had a way to be, like, message and post photos on our webpage. Oh, I Because we were, that. like, looking for ways for it to, inter- like, interact yeah. with people socially. So we had created almost our own social media platform. Wow. Like, we created Instagram. We were on our... <laughs> we were you Instagram here, before <laughs> Instagram. Very Lutheran invented Instagram. <laughs> Instagram I mean, plagiarized I think we, probably, we probably learned this from someone saying. else, like, another, you know, cool ministry. But, like, we were looking for ways to do that, to have that way to interact with people in a a way that fit in their life uh, even then. So I think now, like transitioning to now, I think we have a lot more ways to connect with them. Um, I don't know that always those ways are, like it because there's so many, it's hard to discern what's the right one. Mm-hmm. And because there's so many, it often takes a lot of extra time to think through like, this person is the best way to get them is if to send them a snap. And this person, the best way to get them is to send them a text. And this one, the best way to get them is like not to do any of those things, but just say hi in the hallway or the way to crack through all the extras to send them an actual mail piece, like send them a postcard. Um, but that that's, I feel like that it's just a different way of trying to figure out how to connect. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I wonder, you know, where kids are at on social media what was it nowadays it's like tiktok tiktok instagram and snapchat instagram snapchat top three so 
as the church, do we have a responsibility to like be on that? You know, you know, like, I don't know. I, I've never even really thought about it. Like have a TikTok account. I, I don't know. Like, do we, and Lindsay's shaking her head and rolling her eyes along with Sarah. <laughs> and I'm the social so, media manager. And she's the social media. So I, I guess I'm getting the answer, but I guess more, it's more a general question of, you know, do we do we need to meet our kids like you know where uh where they're at social media wise or is is it more we're trying to um g- give something that social media can't give i don't know i ha, you know how do you how do you wrestle with that when that's where kids are a lot of the time yeah i i think it's a mixture of these things. So I think the the way we can win in social media sometimes is creating places where we can have conversation, have connection. So the thing for TikTok in my world is I don't think it's a place that starts conversations. Right. So it might be something that could be encouraging, like we could drop encouraging content there potentially and that would be like a change of pace for for people on their for you page, like it would be, oh that's like about Jesus, not a new dance move, or it could be us trying to do a dance move talking about Jesus. Like who knows? Yeah. Oh man, Daniel's got moves. I don't know what the hand gesture you, was. You, that you, just you happened. didn't like my uh, TikTok move there. That was just your it's a good hands thing. And it's, wrists. it's a good thing. Well, isn't that what they do? They and just not, like flop their hands around and do some weird. Stuff. I don't know. Do you know how old you sounded with that sentence? <laughs> they just flop how their old? Hands around. How old, Sarah? At <sighs> least uh, fifty. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's all good, but the, <laughs> I think there is. Um, opportunities in that. But I think the thing we really have that's an uh, our greatest platform, I think, in youth ministry and in ministry in general is connection to something bigger than um, ourselves. And so being connected to the church in a in a real way. And so we can use other things to help us like kind of accent that or engage in connections to help get people back in or connect to other humans. Um, but I think that the a powerful special sauce of church is relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like God gave us this ability for like deep connection. And sometimes the only, we can have good connection in an electronic format, but you're sta- standing next to someone and they well up with tears. Like you can't help but like well up with tears with them, right? And, or if you're, um, needing help with something like you're moving, like you don't want an electronic friend to help you move your stuff or help you with math homework. Like it, someone sitting next to you being like, we can make this happen. Um, and I think when it comes to faith things, especially uh, the chance to talk in real life, to be able to go, I'm struggling with this. Like how, what do I do? Like I, sometimes I can hear God really clearly and other times I ha- can't hear him at all. Like how do you handle that? That, Sometimes those conversations are hard to have as you're typing it all out. Like something gets lost as yeah. you're texting it to a friend. or um, So figuring out ways to both meet folks where they are, but also not overstretch yourself that you lose the ability to do the thing that I think has the most opportunity for transformation, yeah. which is like, I love you and I want to connect with you all week long and... Seeing you on Wednesday night and seeing you on Sunday morning helps me stay like really in tune with what's going on in your life. Yeah, it's kind of weird that in-person connection is almost like a like 
a unique strength we have now. <laughs> it's like, you know, 10 years ago or, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you, you would think that's crazy. It's mm-hmm. like, obviously, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's almost hard for kids to get that nowadays. But I think there's a lot of draw to stuff that is like that. Mm-hmm. There's a draw to play on a soccer team, not just play e-soccer, right? right. There's a draw to be in a play, not just watch Hamilton on Disney Plus. I mean, that I, that does woo quite a few people. It does. Into it. it woos Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like a lot of these really developmentally appropriate parts of middle school and high school are lived real life things um, and, and how to spend time. Like I would say that's something that's changed quite a bit too. It's just the amount of time that each of these different activities we love take in our lives. And um, I am, have grown. I, for a while I struggled with like, man, sports, Ugh, they like take all the time of our kids. And I don't like that kids go to sports practices. And I was real grumpy about it um, until it dawned on me. And parents would talk about, I see soccer parents or hockey parents or baseball parents more than I see anyone else in my life. Mm. And as folks were wrestling with that, like how, like God put me there. Like I'm in this super cool missional position to like care about people. And um, I'm with them more than I am any other humans besides my family. And I could be there every single week shining the light of Jesus. Right. And so for our young people, like I think there's so many cool opportunities um, in these real life dynamics for them to show that they're followers of Jesus um, and lean in to their giftedness in those environments and not to look at it like, oh man, Lindsay's going to be grumpy at me because I missed because I had practice, but instead to hear like, I'm there on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like I have a job that's bigger than just playing well and being a good teammate. I have a bigger job that I've been called and commissioned to do there. Which yeah. is like point folks to Jesus while I'm at soccer practice or I don't know, figure skating. Whatever they do. <laughs> soccer and figure skating. That's it. Too. So I'm just trying to represent a, all yeah. my people. Like I, now I need to drop like lacrosse, <laughs> lacrosse basketball, yeah. football, theater. Yeah. All y'all, I see you and I love you and I like all your sports. <laughs> That's great. I like all of your sports. I think, uh, I think one of the challenges that we can all agree – uh, the youth of today are facing is just there's so much noise and there's so many voices uh, that they're hearing, whether that's on social media or just, uh, you know, around them, um, especially these last few years. And I'm curious just for you, how uh, how, how do we as the church, uh, you know, we have this truth of Jesus and his love and and, you know, we believe he's the way, the truth and the life, you know, there's not just all, all, all these different options. Um, how do we get that truth to land with youth when they have so many other voices in their life? Mm-hmm. So um, I think the special sauce is relationships. Mm. So I said that already. Yeah. I, I really think that's the key. But I will also say connected to that is testimony. And this is why I think TikTok is as powerful as it is. Um, and this would be the only reason I would ever consider wanting for there to be a, plat- a TikTok platform, uh, a ministry platform, is I think the reason why TikTok is as um, attractive is you get to see how other people are living their life. 
right? So there's mm-hmm. sort of a discipling that's happening there. Now, it's not discipling people as followers of Jesus, right? but there's a lot of discipling out there, discipling toward a product thing that you like, discipling towards um, raising up people who really can like have some sweet dance moves uh, for folks that are going to be certain lifestyles, like if you're going to be super minimalist or if you're going to be... Um, whatever the things are like, there's all these different lifestyles represented, right? Um, Mine keeps telling me I need to go on a calorie deficit. I don't understand. Like it's real judgy. My TikTok's real judgy. Yeah. Mine's youth ministry based. And I then, want that. I like, I don't, and know, I don't understand dad. it. I don't know how TikTok <laughs> found out that I have a dad who is no longer with us, but, and who knew that was a f- side of TikTok? That I, I know. Dead dad TikTok. That's what yeah. you So it's, wow. it can be so noisy though. Yeah. And even as a person who has, I think some ability to have critical awareness to, to say like, I don't want to input this information. Um, but for our young people, I think the, way that you cut through the noise of our world is to one, feel like you're invited to do life with someone and that they value you and care about you enough to say, Hey, like do this with me. I'm going to share with you my prayer requests and I'm trusting and I'm, I'm hoping and wanting you to pray with me Mm -hmm. for these things. Um, and also to, uh, I'm going to share with you and show you what God's been teaching me because he might do that same thing for you. So like Samuel and Eli, Old Testament, right? Like as the Lord's calling, Samuel's like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what's happening, right? Um, and they go, how do, how do you hear God's voice? Like you need someone to tell you, oh, that's God's voice in your life. Oh, that's what it looks like to um, wrestle with things, right? That's like good. that's what, uh, yeah, you're not alone when you are reading whatever and having no idea what it's talking about. I remember when I read through that and I had no idea what it was talking about. Like, let you know why? It's because we didn't pay attention or like we weren't old enough to understand or we um, didn't have a need to understand it yet or the Holy Spirit hadn't revealed it to us. Like all these pieces that you can start to help unpack scripture with a young person as they're wrestling through it. Um, But when there's not relationship, I think everything just becomes noise. Mm. So I think this is what's so powerful and kind of amazing about things that we do at Woodbury Lutheran uh, across our campuses is every single young person has the opportunity to know every person who stands up and shares a message about Jesus on a Sunday morning because those folks show up at some point in youth ministry at some like along the way that our young people know our pastors. They know the pastor types, right? Um, yeah. And they know the worship leaders. They know um, anyone who's up trying to share a message of Jesus. Uh, it, it's bigger than just someone talking at them because there's an opportunity for connection there. I think uh, another thing that's beautiful about us is we try really hard to create opportunities for testimony, to hear people's stories. And um, I can I can say personally, I learn a lot as I hear someone else share, how are you growing? I'm like, oh, that's a way. I love that. Okay. I want to think about it that way too. Or like I've been trying to force a morning quiet time and it is not working for me. What do I do? Like I want the ability to sleep in some mornings and that it messes with my morning quiet time. Right. Um, or like, the, yeah, if there's going to be a six thirty meeting, it's real hard for me to be like, yep, you got to be up at four forty-five in order to have your morning quiet time beforehand. Like, so to hear someone go, oh, you know what, on some of those days when that happens, here's what my morning quiet time starts to look like. 
it happens at this time or it um, I create space in this way. All those pieces happen because someone says, I'm going to give you a glimpse into how God's worked in my life. And so I think relationship and hearing like real life stuff, testimonies, um, that's when you can cut through noise. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not just someone talking at you. It's that they've invited you in to sort of look behind the curtain and go, this is what, this, it's messy. It's not always clean. It doesn't always make sense, but here's what's happened in my life. And here's where I've seen God change hard things into powerful things um, where I've been given peace and the ability to uh, endure <laughs> because I, I just wanted to give up, you know, and, and to be able like, no, I, I'm not going to give up because I heard about that person who said when they were in a hard time, this is what they did. And so I think anytime we can create room for that, I think a young person is more likely to pick something up mm-hmm. and how to get louder than the thing that maybe they're watching all the time or, um, yeah, the whatever part of their life feels the most consuming. Mm-hmm. I think that's another shout out to our small group leaders too, that oh, they yeah. Yeah, yeah. do such a great job at, um, I don't want to say being a loud person, but showing like speaking the truth and, and showing that they are an adult that will walk with them and that cares for them. And, um, that in the noise of our culture, that, that life is, is done better together, which is something that we say around WLC literally all the time. I think that's the phrase I use most. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, we have we are blessed with a lot of incredible small group leaders, and we are blessed with an incredible staff too that is willing to um, step into our students' lives and and answer questions like you did in the fall um, with the high schoolers, I think. And yeah. um, next Sunday, where you and the reverends uh, Fotenhauer, Marshall, and Donovan are going to judge Lent Olympics. Yep. Like starting, like kicking off one of the busiest weeks of our year, Holy Week. You guys are taking time to make sure the kids see you in a completely different and way more ridiculous light. And so yes. I think that that is, that's, that's huge. Um, so we, like, I think we're all in, in agreement um, that, that there are a lot of, of influential people in, in students' worlds, but one of the most influential are their, their parents. Um, especially when it comes to, to faith journey. Like we, we say that faith is, is caught, not taught, and it's, it's caught in, in the homes. Um, and yet we have had a lot of conversations with parents who feel that they are unequipped to walk alongside their kid or they don't know, like they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to mess up. Um, what is your advice for parent, uh, to parents for equipping their kids to be disciples of Jesus? Woof. That's a big question, Sarah. Good <laughs> question. One sentence or less. I'm kidding. Well, I can't even, I can't even, like, no. I can't do anything in one sentence or less. <laughs> it is not that my superpower. <laughs> yeah. Uh, parents, we love you. Uh, I think parents are doing the hardest and most important work uh, of anyone in society. Like, it, mm. it is hard <laughs> to walk alongside uh, a growing, maturing young person. 
uh, because the point or the goal of the whole process is that they will launch and be a, a self, a capable, uh, equipped human <laughs> that's going to leave you, right? In most, in most scenarios. And I don't know about y'all, but you're investing a whole lot of energy into someone or something. I think it's got to be pretty hard. So like, I'm not a parent. Uh, and so it's got to be so hard to walk a road and go, and at the end of this, you're going to choose someone else and go somewhere else. <laughs> right? Right. So like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the daily um, intentional work that it takes to parent uh, and to invest in, especially I think in the middle school, high school years. And I would, I mean, all of them have their ups and downs. Every stage of life has its ups and downs. Um, but you're really like this, this human is working its way toward autonomy and, um, you're wanting that and also fighting against it the entirety of their life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think if I were to get a chance to like face to face chat with parents, the things I want them to know are, um, you are on purpose in the job and role that you're in. Um, you're not alone. God's with you. We want to be with you. Um, and your example your uh, posture, your modeling is probably the loudest thing about you that your young person will catch. Mm. Um, so if, if uh, you're working on you <laughs> and sharing and inviting them into that with you, if you are uh, spending time with the Lord, if you are growing, uh, reading your Bible, um, developing friendships with other followers of Jesus as you are um, pausing when you find yourself easily irritated and going, I need to push pause. And right now you're clicking a pen and your sister's drinking a smoothie and I'm going to scream and go crazy. Um, <laughs> I need to say, hey, y'all, I'm having a hard time right now. Can we just pause and pray about that for a second? Because I'm, I'm closely approaching the edge of fierce, ridiculous, irrational anger, right? Mm -hmm. um, or when you're... Um, facing disappointment or frustration or things that are genuinely worthy of anxiety and being afraid. I think those in those moments to go, y'all, we can't do this by ourselves. Like mm -hmm. this is, this is why Jesus says, I'm going to leave, but you're getting something better. The advocate is coming. The Holy spirit is going to be here with you. Like you're getting something better than me walking alongside you. And that is, my presence with you always um, in the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I think also a, a posture of humility um, is possibly uh, one of the most winsome things that a person can have when they're encouraging faith in people around them. A posture of, I'd like to say I have it all together and I know what I'm doing all the time, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And I'm still learning and like I thought this for a long time and now I'm wrestling with that. And I still feel like I have this very strong opinion about this, but I'm hearing and I'm seeing you and your opinion's different than mine. And I respect you and I love you. So how can we have a conversation where we maybe don't agree? Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna just shut down the conversation because I'm the adult. Yeah. <laughs> but instead go, oh, you know what? I hadn't 
really ever thought about it the way you're thinking about it. I still feel pretty convinced and convicted that the way I'm operating is the right way, but I respect you and I appreciate your perspective here. Um, but that takes a posture of humility. Mm-hmm. Definitely um, can be very hard and takes a lot more energy than just having opinions. Yeah. <laughs> well, and to come full circle, I mean, you were talking earlier, the way to cut through the noise for youth is the relationships and, and being authentic um, in those relationships. And I think sometimes the fear that parents have, especially around faith topics, is um, I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, might say something wrong. What if they ask, a, you know, what if they ask something I'm not sure of? Um, but I think that's the whole point is, you know, none of us are ever at the end of our faith journey. Nope. Every single one of us is growing. And the very thing that your child needs is to see that you're still growing and that you're not perfect. And like (laughs) your imperfections are, it's like, that's almost the best thing that they can see of you because then they look in themselves and they see their own, you know, flaws and imperfections. Like, okay, I'm not, it's not like I've just, I'm got these perfect parents and I'm just this what's wrong with me but hey we're all in this together we're all growing together it's okay if you as a parent don't know everything and stuff like that and I think those types of moments like God uses our broken messy reality um, so often to either level the playing field so that someone else feels like they can still play yeah, or, um, or to remind us, oh yeah, I'm still growing. <laughs> it's a little like uh, sandpaper along a rough edge maybe inside of us. Um, so recently we had a, one of the sermon, uh, a layer of a, a piece of a sermon that Tom talked about was Judas still ate. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, I know that I've read it. I've heard it. It landed so differently for me as I heard that. Um, because it can be so easy uh, to just be like, sinner, 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 Judas. Like, why? We, there's nothing to be thankful for Judas, right? Like that there's so, it's so easy to put people in a box or to put behaviors in a box or put um, the frustrating thing in a box that's like, nope, I'm not even dealing with you until you can figure it out. Like, I'm not even going to deal with that. Um, so to see God transform, like I already knew um, Jesus had to die so that he could pay for what I owe, right? I, and the way that happened happened to start and be a part of, Judas was a part of that storyline. But the um, richness and the beauty and the freedom that's offered to all of us that in our most broken, most ridiculous, most annoying, most sinful place. Jesus still says, you still get to eat. Mm-hmm. And does it with a character, like a person in the Bible, that so easily gets just like full on, you're the villain vibes, right? Yeah. But through him, uses this beautiful story. So I think as parents uh, and people who love young people, when we're walking alongside them, um, we may want to hide that stuff, uh, the stuff that makes us ugly and makes us feel broken, makes us, like we don't need to dwell on it. We don't need to always be like, here's all my things that I did wrong today. Like we don't have to be those people, but to 
welcome people into some of those pieces could be part of how God reminds them everyone's welcome at the table. Like there's nothing you can do that will separate you from me as your Lord and Savior, right? Like, and as a parent, you're trying so hard to fight for a relationship, um, especially in a world that quickly uh, wants to divide. And I would say Satan wants to separate us from the people who are going to remind us that we are worthy and loved and saved and that God's at work changing us and transforming us. Like he doesn't want us to live the disciple life at all, right? And so you're always up against the things that are going to separate relationships. And so fight for connection and relationship. There we go. Preach it. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is, that is so good. And, and that's kind of a perfect spot uh, to end it here. Uh, Lindsay, I just want to thank you so much for uh, being with us uh, today. Your uh, just experience in uh, ministry, it just, such good conversation. I hope it blesses uh, those of you listening with us today. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, if you enjoyed today's show and want to support us, uh, the first way you can do it is by subscribing to the podcast. Uh, we release a new episode with different guests weekly, and that is the best way to stay up to date. And also the most helpful thing you can do right now uh, to help us grow is to, is to go on to Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review, even if it's not a five star, because Lindsay told me to say that. And let us know what you thought. If you want to reach out to us personally, our contact info, along with any other information from today's episode, will be in the show notes below. But I hope you're able to join us next week on the Disciples Mike podcast. <laughs>